Welcome to the FCBC NYC podcast. We're so thankful that you decided to join us in this moment and in this season in your life. Our prayer is that this podcast will be a catalyst for conversion and transformation and that you will be inspired and renewed in such a tremendous way that your desire will be to be your best for God. Again, thank you for listening, and we're excited to see what is next in your life. We are an ever-evolving community of visionaries, dreamers, and doers who have been called by God to live the lives we were created to live, commanded by God to love beyond the limits of our prejudices, and commissioned by God to serve. Called to live, commanded to love and commissioned to serve. And if you can't remember all that, then we have three words. Family, what are they? Live, love, and serve. Amen, amen, amen. Today, before I start, um, my heart is heavy as one of my mentors is currently in hospice, um, Reverend Brenda Tapia, who has poured into my life in such a way that you all get to benefit from her presence in my life. Um, But this presentation of sermon is dedicated in her honor. The text that we will take today is Proverbs 10.4 and Proverbs 13.4. Proverbs 10.4 and Proverbs 13.4. I will read both from the NRSV and the Message Bible. Proverbs 10.4 reads this way, a slack hand causes poverty, but the hand of the diligent makes rich. In the Message Bible, it reads this way, sloth makes you poor. Diligence brings wealth. Proverbs 13.4 from the NRSV reads this way, the appetite of the lazy craves and gets nothing, while the appetite of the diligent is richly supplied. Proverbs 13:4 from the Message Bible reads this way: Indolence, also known as slothfulness, wants it all and gets nothing. Mm. Wants it all and gets nothing. The energy of have something to show for their lives, the energetic have something to show for their lives. Today, we're going to be talking about complacency. And if I had to give this sermon a title, it would be Make the Mat. Make the Mat. Mat is a life acronym that stands for Manifest Action Today. Manifest Action Today. Make the Mat. Let us pray. Good morning, ancestors, spirit, friends, spirit, guides, guardian angels, grandmothers, Grandma Cochran, Grandma Nell, Granny, Papa, Grandfather John, grandmothers and grandfathers I have yet to remember. Thank you for being with me on this journey. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for leading me. Thank you for guiding me. Thank you for honoring me as I honor you. Thank you for being a collective expression of the one we call God. Hide me behind your divine grace, spirit. That your words will heal. That your words will transform. 
that your words will restore. So we can discover and assess the places within our lives where we have been complacent and be delivered from ourselves. God, we thank you for what you're going to do and how you're going to do it in this moment. We don't take this moment for granted or lightly. We're grateful, God, for what you're doing in this place and through this place. In the name of the one who heals, saves, and restores, we pray. Amen. You all may be seated in the presence of God. I have a confession to make. Can I tell y'all something? Monique, you're not going to judge me? Okay, all right. So this past Friday, I binged watch the docuseries Cheer. Has anybody seen Cheer? Y'all, y'all got to see. I see a couple of hands. So this docuseries Cheer is five episodes long, and it features the cheerleaders of Navarro College that is located in Corsicana, Texas. Have y'all heard of Corsicana, Texas? I heard of my Lord over here. 24,000 people, but this college is 13 national titles and 13 of those national titles are five grand national titles now I was a believer that cheerleading was a sport but after I watched this docuseries I was clear that cheerleading is a sport what I love about the documentary is that this team of Navarra College cheerleaders is very eclectic and diverse So they were captured for 41 weeks of practice to display a two-minute and 15-second routine in Daytona, Florida for a national cheerleading competition. Can you imagine practicing 41 weeks for two minutes and 15 seconds? You can. We got some cheerleaders in the building. We We got some dancers in the building. All right. So it follows them for 41 weeks during this practice with 40 cheerleaders on the team. The goal for everyone is to make the mat because they can only take 20 with them to perform. So you have these 20 who are on this mat and have made it to the mat. And you see how they are being persistent and consistent in their level of practice, regardless of rib fractures, bumps, bruises, sprains. These kids are still tenacious about understanding that they have to be present and show up because if one does not show up, the team cannot succeed. One of the things that I picked out from the show was one of the cast members, Jerry Harris, a young African-American man who has been in cheerleading since he was a kid. Jerry, at his highest weight, was about 350 pounds. So his body type was not ideal to be a cheerleader. And of course, Jerry had lost some weight by the time this uh, documentary presents itself. But Jerry's goal was to make the mat. He didn't make the mat in 2018, and he didn't make the initial tryouts in the documentary. 
But you know how sometimes when we don't get it the first time, we'll sulk and we'll shade the other people that, that made it and we'll talk junk. But Jerry did something opposite. Jerry decided that even though he didn't make the mat on the first try, that he would still ready himself. So on the sidelines, what Jerry did was continue to develop his skills. He continued to be attentive to the routine, to every section, so he knew it. And lo and behold, there comes an opportunity for Jerry to make the mat. And Jerry gets in because somebody is injured, and he gets on the mat, and he's able to do the routine backwards and forwards. Why? Because he was attentive despite being on the sidelines. He made the mat. Manifest action today. And that is what complacency, disrupting complacency, is all about. Making the mat. Despite the conditions. I know that we are in the second month of a new year. And what I want to know today is are you making the mat in 2020? 2020 is said to be a year where your wildest dreams can be built if you build it. For whatever you do this year will set the stage for the next decade. Many believe 2020 to be the year of setting foundations, deepening focus, creating efficient processes, and putting plans in place. In order for the desire of our hearts in 2020 to be made manifest, we must be consistent, persistent, and take action. There is excitement and buzz around this year because of its association with 2020 vision. Many people believe that 2020 vision is perfect vision. This is not so. 2020 vision only indicates the sharpness of clarity of vision at a distance. Other skills are required to assess vision, including peripheral awareness or side vision, eye coordination, depth perception, focusing ability, and color vision, which all contribute to vision ability and capacity. Making the mat requires you to have good and solid vision. I love this vision assessment as it is a holistic approach to measure the depth of our awareness and attention. If applied to the entirety of our lived experience, we must consider who or what is on the periphery of our lives. How we are coordinating and organizing our steps to turn our visions into reality. What is the depth of our actionable steps and are they contributing to our firm foundation? And we must ultimately deliberate about how we are focusing our attention to make our worlds more colorful and creating our lives as spaces that we want to live and play in. In applying this holistic vision approach to the entirety of our lives, it is easy for one to assume that your vision assessment is all about you about what you will accomplish, what you will amass, what you will gain, and what you will become, and what you will create only for you. May I offer you a sobering pill today? It ain't about you. It's bigger than you. 
I'm remembering in this moment, growing up in the church of God and singing on the praise team, I had an aunt that was my praise leader. And I sung all through middle school, high school, and she would often pull me in to sing a solo. And y'all don't know this, but I hate singing out in public. I only sing when God says you need to sing. So I would always protest. I'd be like, Aunt, Aunt Gloria, I don't want to sing. I'm good. I can sing in the praise team. And, you know, I can worship God from the team. My Aunt Gloria would often retort, it ain't about you. It's not about you. And what I have gained from that statement continues to ring true throughout every season of my life. The older I get, the more responsibility and clarity of purpose this statement comes with. My aunt's push in my adolescence through this statement is not about you. What's to say it is about those you are called to serve and lead in to worship. Now I see it as a statement that says all that I do is not only about or for me, but about creating a legacy for those that come behind, which is a much different way to engage life as opposed to the selfish approach of me, mine, and mines. We live in a me, mine, and mines culture where we amass material things that fill our own coffers with nothing to show for it beyond things that will depreciate and offer no legacy. This me, mine, and mines culture is debilitating for many of us and can drive us into the quicksand of complacency where we're always working for me, mine, and mines to have and have and have more that we look up and life has escaped us. Our me, mine, and minds has left us depleted after working 80 hours in a 40-hour work week. We've become complacent in the routine of our day-to-day -day living, and we settle for the mediocrity of er only earning a paycheck. When we were created to do these and greater things, Jesus said, we are called to make the mad and disrupt complacency. Proverbs is a book filled with wisdom sayings. The Message Bible posits that wisdom is the art of living skillfully in whatever actual conditions we find ourselves. Wisdom is the art of living skillfully in whatever actual conditions we find ourselves. So it's not about what we're in, but it's how we navigate it that matters. Proverbs is about attention to the here and now, the present moment. Wisdom here is an ethical virtue and personified in the feminine at the beginning of the book and in. I just want to drop this pin right here. A, a part of the challenge of our world is that we do not honor the divine feminine. In ways necessary to bring about the balance required in our world to deepen and enhance our collective spiritual awakening. It was surprising to me the number of calls and emails I received last year when I decided to baptize people in the name of Mother and Father God. People wanted to argue that references to God as mother in the Bible were non-existent or question why God would be referenced as mother. And these were women. 
To be clear, God is spirit, neither male nor female, having both masculine and feminine, and can transcend them simultaneously. Thousands of years ago, the divine feminine was held sacred in many societies, and there were several indigenous matriarchal traditions. However, these traditions eventually became marginalized, and more patriarchal male-centered traditions were created in its place to assuage the male ego, which has created an imbalance. We see the imbalance in our world. It is this imbalance that keeps women in our society as second-class citizens. What you see at FCBC of women leading is not um, normal in other places, right? It is an imbalance. Without access to the same resources men have despite education attainment. It is this imbalance that teaches women to hate themselves and each other. It is this imbalance that maintains the illusion that it is better for men to lead us. Proverbs, Proverbs 11.1 1 says this, a false balance is an abomination to the Lord, but a just weight is his delight. Because we are made in the image and likeness of God, we all embody masculine and feminine energy. The divine feminine is the aspect of ourselves, men and women, that deepens the nurture and love of ourselves and others, pulls us into vulnerability and the aspect of ourselves that allows us to know ourselves intimately. If we continue to dishonor the divine feminine within us all, we will continue to strip ourselves further away from our humanity. This is why I am so inspired by my trans-identified brothers and sisters who push us beyond the binary, our gender non-conforming brothers and sisters who push us beyond the binary to know that we can be both and and beyond all at the same time. Okay, I'm going to pick up my pen. Keep it moving. So, so when the voice of Queen Wisdom speaks... In Proverbs, she offers moral many lessons, particularly in chapters 10 through 30. Proverbs 10, 4 and 13, 4 do not stray away from this wisdom as they offer respectively a slack hand that causes poverty. But the hand of the diligent makes rich and the appetite of the lazy craves and gets nothing. While the appetite of the diligent is richly supplied. These texts each speak to the consequence of complacency. So you might ask, how do I disrupt complacency and make the mat, Pastor Kendra? I'm so glad you asked. So our first charge to overcome complacency is that we must learn to disrupt the habit of being ourselves. We must learn to disrupt the habit of being ourselves. Some of us have developed habits over the years that are not us, but have become us because of peer pressure, the attempt to measure up to someone else's dreams, or the idea that we are a singular identity, such as a physician, and we have only cultivated this identity as opposed to the other identities of our lives that contribute to our wholeness. Disrupting the habit of being yourself means that you recognize your identity within your humanity is not fixed but ever evolving. 
You realize you can make a choice to do something different and a new moment to moment. Yeah, I, I know you have a habit of pushing people away because of your abandonment issues, yet God has not abandoned you. It's, it's time to get on the mat. I, I know you have a habit of using sex and substances to avoid your wounds. Please know that you are not your addictions and you can rise above your addictions. It's time to get on the mat. I, I know you have a habit of existing in toxic relationships because this is what your mother modeled for you. You are not your mother's mistakes. It's time to get on the mat. I know that you have a habit of putting your hands on women because that's what your father modeled for you. I'm inviting you to break the culture of violence in your family and make the mat today. Yes, I know you have a habit of procrastinating and always missing the mark because somewhere you've learned that failure is always looming. Today, you are being invited to disrupt complacency and make the mat because you are the embodiment of infinite possibilities and you are not your habits next we must keep our purpose and intentions clear we must keep our purpose and intentions clear to disrupt complacency when we are complacent we operate in a type of a mediocrity that renders us goalless because we're not clear about our purpose or intention. Purpose, as I've said before, is not outside of you. It is you. Your life and living is the purpose. That is why you are on the planet. You become clearer about your purpose in each season by being attentive to what you're drawn to, what excites you, and to that which beckons and invites you to your highest good, whatever is most life-sustaining and life-giving. We cultivate our attention and awareness by practicing mindfulness, a balanced acknowledgement of the present moment. And intention is a vision that guides your activities, attitudes, thoughts, and choices. Deepak Chopra says this, everything that happens in the universe begins with intention. Everything that happens in the universe begins with intention. Wayne Dyer offers that the power of intention creates our reality. The power of intention creates our reality. Intention begins with what we desire. However, it is the condition of our heart that will determine the outcomes of our desires and intentions. You must discern and be clear about what's in your heart for your heart takes in information first and then sends it to your brain and then your brain produces feelings and thoughts. In setting intentions, we must be honest about what's in our hearts. Whether it's poverty-driven idea about who you are or who you can be, whether it's malice or rage or even the I'm not good enough blues. Your clarity around your intention is critical to what you will create as reality. When you leave here today, take an account of what your life looks and feels like right now. And then make a list of how you have created your experience based on your intentions, whether explicitly or implicitly. Some of us aren't making the mad because our intentions have rendered us 
impotent of imagining actionable steps. Our intentions and actions are misaligned. We want a husband or a wife, but we're meeting people on websites that are solely for hookups and one-night stands. I don't have no judgment. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. We want to create wealth in our lives, but you stay maxing out your credit cards to impress people that will never pay your bills. We want friends, but we never leave the comfort of our couches to go meet someone new. We want respect, but we keep disrespecting ourselves by not being attentive to the patterns in our life that keep us caught up in cycles of toxicity. Check your actions and make sure that they are in alignment with your intentions. Many of us are misaligned and we keep wondering why we keep ending up in the same cycles. Be attentive. Pay attention to your patterns. Lastly, we overcome complacency by becoming our greatest competition. I love that in the film, Cheer, the cheerleaders realized that they were not competing for anything else but for themselves. To be better than they were the year before, to be better than they were the month before. You see, when we know that we are our own competition, We are not caught up in the web of comparison, which is a quick way to self-defeat and improper measurements of where we should be. When we become our own competition, we are always positioning ourselves to be the best we can be. I'm currently in a competition with myself about my financial wellness. And because of that, I have to do things better than I did them last year. So there are multiple things that I have done this year to make sure my financial wellness is not like it was last year. It takes actionable steps. I've also recognized even more that my financial wellness and any other endeavors I participate in are not about my own well-being in and of itself. Again, making the mat, manifesting action today is all about creating legacy. And that is how we disrupt complacency. This year, Vision 2020, is about you overcoming complacency. This year requires you to disrupt the habit of being you and creating new paradigms for yourself that will shift the trajectory of your life. As you know it, be clear that your purpose is you and be mindful of the intentions you are setting in your heart to manifest your reality. Are they in alignment? Do better than you've always done. Proverbs 10:4 and 13:4 remind us that a slack hand or laziness begets poverty. And it is those who are diligent that have something to show for their lives, for we have all been called to make the mat. That is the great thing about being in the kingdom of God is that it's not a portion of us that are called to make the mat and manifest action today. It's all of us. All of us have been blessed with the indwelling presence of spirit that says to us that we are made in the image and likeness of the most high. Making the mat, manifesting action today is knowing that someone is depending on you to act. And without you acting in this moment, 
you influence the things that will not happen or will happen to those that you engage on this life's journey. That making the match just simply isn't about you. It's about those that exist with you now. It's about those that will come after you and those that have come before you even. This call to disrupt complacency is about you accepting the divine power and agency you have been given to create the life that God has purposed for you. The time is now for us all to make the what? Amen. The doors of the church are open. Thank you for listening to the FCBC NYC podcast. We hope that what you heard was informative and inspiring and in some way created a space for you to have a creative encounter with God. You can follow us on social media and on the internet at fcbcnyc.org. Please follow and also contribute. If you've been blessed by what you heard, support us financially that we may continue to offer these podcasts. Thank you again, and we look forward to you tuning back in in the future.